So, you want to be a contractor. Ever wonder what it takes to become a contractor? The journey they go on to get where they are now, or the crazy things they see and hear on the job site? Well, you're in the right spot. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor, the podcast. Join your host, Mike Fisher, as he talks to owners of construction companies from all over about how they got started, how they run their business, and some of the craziest stories they've experienced on their job sites. And now, your host, Mike Fisher. Welcome to So You Want to Be a Contractor. This is episode number six today. Uh, My guest is uh, Jesse Anderson. Uh, president, CEO. I didn't clear that up with you. I apologize. I uh, should have. You're right on. Right on. Perfect. Good. I think I got all the details correct from LinkedIn, but uh, advanced conservation management. Um, you guys are doing some some water conservation stuff, right? Which I assume is pretty pretty uh, dire here in California, Southern California, especially right now. So Absolutely. give us give us a little bit of your history, your background, how you got into this, and and uh, what brought you to where you are now. Um, yeah, so I started in the industry in 2004, uh, on the manufacturing side of the business. Um, I actually got a football scholarship to go to this small school in Oskaloosa, Iowa called William Penn University. You know, it's funny is I I think I actually, uh, I I know about them. I think when I was playing football in high school, I think they were, they were around and I was, I was about at that level as well. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of one of those you know, fork in the road moments for me. Um, I decided to take a gamble and go to Southeast Iowa. Um, learned real quick what it's like to play in snow. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, uh, wide receiver. Okay. Yeah. So cold. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, put me in 80 degrees. Uh, I'll score two or three touchdowns. You you give me a (laughs) negative 18 and uh, I'm non-existent. Right. Um, and this is before the days of Under Armour and stuff. So I always joke, like I was literally out there in my grandmother's turtleneck, you know, <laughs> catching passes. That's awesome. Um, but I had a job, I got a job as a bartender there in town and my plan was to network within the town and just kind of see, uh, where I could take my next level. And, um, I had a degree in business management and, uh, I ended up meeting my future boss, uh, I worked for a company called Plow Valve Company um, in the bar. And uh, six months later of training, they sent me back to Southern California. So um, that was unique um, in the sense that they have a sales trainee program. And a lot of the guys don't na- normally go back to where they're from. So they sent me back to California. I was the Southern California and Hawaiian sales rep uh, for 15 years. Oh, man, going to Hawaii, that's got to suck, huh? <laughs> yeah you know, business trips to hawaii quarterly uh yeah. that's hawaii is one of those places too where it's extremely difficult to work right yeah. as you might yeah. guess uh but nevertheless um kind of came to a point where i felt like i wasn't really progressing in my career i looked at a couple different avenues that didn't didn't really work out and in 2019, I had an opportunity to start my own business. And so in October of 2019, I decided that I was going to start a water conservation business here in Southern California. So going back to the, your, your boss that you met in the, in the bar while working there, what kind of industry was that? What, was, what were you guys selling? I know you said you were a sales rep, but what, what, what kind of products are you guys working with? So Claw Valve Company manufactures resilient wedge gate valves and fire hydrants. Okay. So for me, um, I had no idea you could sell a fire hydrant. <laughs> like, I didn't even recognize fire hydrants until I got the job. And then I started seeing them everywhere. Seeing them everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, a you know, the construction side, manufacturing side, there's Cloud Valve, there's Mueller Company, there's American Flow Control. Those are kind of the, the biggest ones there. Um, but yeah, I, I got a job selling fire hydrants and gate valves, and that put me on the construction sites. Yeah. Um, and that got me involved in the, cons- the construction or waterworks industry. So what, what gave you the impetus? Because this is what always fascinates me, and, and I love hearing these types of stories. And I guess, the, I mean, the industry and the, and, and the vessel is, is irrelevant, really. It's just more about the mindset. But 
you go from that that regional sales position where you're you're out there selling these products and whatever and then you what, what was the the impetus or that 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 precipice that uh pushed you over the edge to, to starting your own company and, and what drove you to that decision well i started um to chase the money and i took a position with a company um that paid me well but i learned real quickly uh more money, more problems. And, uh, I ended up, uh, I ended up getting fired. Yeah. So I grew the business 2.2 million bucks, kind of ran into, um, you know, just some personality conflicts. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And I felt disrespected, you know, I felt like used for my contacts and, um, but also I gained a lot of confidence there. Um, cause really I was relying on my, my client base and can I transition from selling fire hydrants to fittings, um, and restraints, which was the company I went to work for. I went from a domestic manufacturer to a import manufacturer. Um, and one thing that kept coming up for me was that, that sense of pride. I really didn't have a lot of pride selling hydrants and gate valves. Now I know there's a lot of people that do, but for me, it wasn't, there wasn't anything that was progressing in the industry there. It was old stuff. The company has been around since 1858, oh, you know, their, their, their principles and their culture and their attitude was almost as old. So I wanted more. They wanted me to just chill and enjoy that lifestyle. And I said, that, that wasn't what I wanted. Um, so I decided to see if I could, um, rep my own products and if I could start my own business. And so what I did is I researched the California water resource board to look at these mandates that are coming down the pipe. Um, Senate bill yeah, um, <laughs> you know, California has a number of water quantification mandates, you know, stormwater, water treatment. Uh, water conservation, um, water filtration. So there was a lot of opportunities there. And so if, if I could find companies that sold products aligned with these mandates, then I felt like I had something. So you, so yeah. So if I, if I understand it correctly, and obviously a bit outside the scope of, you know, the typical trade contractor that, that I speak to on, on an everyday basis, but I think it's, it's awesome. And I, I love learning, but you've basically taken all these different manufacturers that manufacture these products, uh, kind of package together, um, a solution based on all these California mandates. And that's kind of what you guys are, are selling and packaging and, and, and putting out there right now. That's correct. That's awesome. So what, what was the, what was that startup process like? I mean, obviously there's probably some, some growing pains and some learning opportunities there. Any, any major hiccups or anything that, you know, kind of, uh, along the way that, that helped you out or, you know, any mentors in that process or were you all on your own? Uh, no, I had, I had some mentors. I actually, you know, I'm a networking guy to where I have five or six guys that I trust that are going to give me some, some honesty. There was a couple people in the industry that, um, I really relied on. Um, I'm the type of person too, that I have just as many uh, connections with other manufacturers as I do with distributors or contractors or end users, municipalities. And, uh, they all told me to take my swing. You know, I'm 41 years old. I've given 17 years of my life to this industry. Um, you know, I kind of felt like if I didn't do it now, then I'll never do it. And so hiccups. Yeah. I'm still dealing with hiccups. <laughs> um, challenges, there's challenges every day. I mean, it's almost like everything that happens starts out as a challenge and it's up to me or the team to figure out a solution. And I think that's the most gratifying part about it. Um, cause when yeah, I work being, the, being the head of that ship and, and being the, the, the final say in all those decisions, right? I mean. Good, bad, or indifferent, it's it's uh it's nice that you're kind of in control of that on your own or you know, with the team that you're running, right? Yeah, and that's 
like I, I'm, it's, I'm, I played football, right? So there's 11 players on, on one side of the ball and we all have to do our job in order for the play to work, to work correctly. Right. And so I understand that. And if I am the quarterback, that's my job. Or if I'm the running back, that's my job. Or if I'm the, the receiver, you know, like everybody has to know their role. And um, I think it's just been really gratifying because you work for a corporation. Um, they don't promote that. Um, and, you know, from the outside looking in, it's almost the opposite effect. Right. They try to, they try to keep you down. Yeah. Um, you know, so I've never been the guy that needs the credit or wants the credit. I just want the solution. I want to get right. it done. So credit never really mattered to me. Um, <laughs> I, I really quickly saw how important it was to other people. Um, but you know, you got to know your people. Some people like that. Some people don't. Um, some people want to, you know, have, yeah. have different talents. So I That's feel part like of that growing pains of, of running your own company and, and being responsible for employees, right? Learn how to manage them and, and that whole, the, that whole process as well. What is your, what does your team look like now? What what kind of uh, what kind of team do you have underneath you, and what are their roles, and and what is your role kind of developed into? So right now for ACM, I, I'm the only employee. Okay, and I'm strictly focused on sales and bringing in um, new manufacturing companies. So right now I work with six manufacturers that fit under the umbrella of either conservation, um, innovation, um, or any type of um, solution that we have here for water for water conservation here in southern california so what is that what is the process like as far as staying on top of all those different mandates and and laws and and uh, are there networks that you're in touch with or is it just simply kind of just uh keeping up on the legislation or where does that where does that fall yeah so that's kind of my responsibility being the the, the rep here in in california is to keep a lot of these guys informed on what's going on a majority of the companies aren't in California. They're they're looking to get into California. So I follow my California State Water Resource Board. Um, they have separate sections. San Diego is section nine. Um, I attend those meetings. I got involved. I'm involved in my Chamber of Commerce. I'm involved in American Water Works Association, California Rural Water, all the various associations. Um, for me, information is is really the key. I want people to come to me uh, if they have a problem, if they have issues, or if they're wondering if I've heard about a new product, or I just want to stay in the loop. And I feel like well, ultimately, speak- that's your that's your that's if I'm if I understand it correctly, that's probably your only sales position, right? Because in theory, you're dealing with most municipalities and and government agencies that could probably do a lot of these things on their own, right? They could. They could do this research and find out what kind of hydrants or gates or any, any of those kind of things that they need to install when they're do, when they're doing that kind of work. But ultimately, they're coming to you because you have all the information and you have you know the resources to get them what they need and 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 you know be in compliance. Is that kind of how I'm understanding it? Absolutely. So so that's part- yeah. I mean, the information is your your number one sales tool. Yeah, that's the value right there. And for, for several years, I've done contact hour training. So the state offers contact hour training or continual education units for, uh, for distribution systems. So guys can earn contact hours and, and, uh, grow in their careers. Um, so what I took is that portion of it. And I come in as a consultant and we have a conversation about the mandates. Um, Senate bill 555 is a water quantification mandate. So by year 2028, these municipalities have to know exactly how much water they're losing within their system. Wow. And in order to do that, they have to implement certain types of technologies. Um, and so we just go through the motion with them. Where are they having issues? You know, so I have a, a leak detection device that goes on a fire hydrant cap. Well, maybe we're having some issues with some hydrants in, in a certain area of the system. Um, I sell a check valve that will shut down geysers called hydrant guard that will shut down geysers when fire hydrants get hit. I'm not, I don't know if you've ever seen uh-huh. um, a hydrant gets hit at <laughs> geysers, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's a leading cause of non-revenue water. So what the state doesn't know is 
how many wet barrel fire hydrants are out there or how many wet barrel fire hydrants get hit on an annual basis. And so I have to mediate between the cities to find out that information because my biggest goal is to have a water conservation device uh, mandated under every wet barrel fire hydrant in California. Um, I know that's lofty as a goal or ambitious, but ultimately it's necessary. Right. So I have to take that information and relay that to the state. So I work really closely with the state to make sure that they're in the loop. And this is something I've been doing um, while I was being employed by other people, even up until this point. So it was just a continuation of what I was already doing. And now I, now I have the opportunity to represent myself. Yeah. Other, 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 I guess, consultants that do what you do, uh, in your space or do you have competition when, when, when going to these people and, and, and talking about some of the stuff you get, you guys can offer? Yeah. My, my competitors are now, um, the, the, the gate valve manufacturers that are out there trying to do it themselves and yeah yeah so they're yeah. they're so what i didn't know is that when i started going after these companies that i would have a package that would rival my former competitors right so i sell gate valves and hydrants i sell check valves i sell leak detection um i sell filtration media so it's just as far as a direct competitor there's not but indirectly i compete with multiple people on different products and in different spaces yeah, so maybe kind of speak to that relationship a little bit, right? Because I'd have to imagine if if these manufacturers are able to sell directly to the people that you're trying to consult with, like how do you step in and, and manage that relationship as a middleman and, and kind of saying, hey, you know, let me rep this product for you to these people. Is that, how does that relationship work? Well, the customers and clients are, are always going to be loyal to their representative. Maybe not necessarily a brand. There are some some people that are loyal to brands. Um, but for me, uh, I live in Southern California. I'm from Southern California. So I know that I'm going to be here ultimately longer than my competitors. And if you want the right type of person to sell to the right type of people who knows where they are and knows who the decision makers are, then you should hire an experienced rep who's been doing it for, you know, some longevity. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of these guys will hire younger kids, college kids from the Midwest or for wherever, and they'll go out there and they'll hustle and they'll, they'll be road warriors, but it takes a long time to develop those relationships. And, um, you know, friends buy from friends. Right. So what gave me the confidence in that is essentially is, is now that, you know, those guys that I started when I was 24 years old and these guys that were in a trench digging holes or putting together pipe or installing hydrants, we've all grown up in the business now. And now these guys are distribution supervisors and um, engineer, uh, engineering supervisors. So now we're all the same peers and we all started at the same time. And so now it's yeah. like, it's even more solidified. Yeah, big network. Yeah, so for yeah. me, it was... It was you know, I would go to my old accounts that were brand loyal and say, hey, listen, you know, I understand you guys are loyal to this brand, but here's something that's a little bit different. Here's something that I've learned. You know, let me share that with you and you guys can make your own decision. And it, yeah. I think look, my credibility comes from being um, unbiased in a sense to where it's here's a package of how we can help save you some water, help you get in a better favor with the state. Um, uh, not really concerned with which products you choose, more so concerned with that I get you to an area where you feel yeah, like the overall solution. Yeah. 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 And so, so do you get any pushback from the manufacturers when you when you're stepping in and, and maybe either, you know, trying to rep their product or or even, you know, a competitor's product? Do, do you get any pushback from from uh manufacturers? Uh not necessarily. I think these guys, they all feel like they know the best way to make money in the industry, right? right? And each market is somewhat specific. So I try to add uh, value and, and help them here in Southern California. It's a little bit different of a market in Southern California because there's so much 
independent distribution. So in other words, um, you know, if I were to sell in Arizona, there would be, you know, three distributors to sell to, four distributors to sell to, Ferguson, Corn Main, um, and a couple independents. But Ferguson and Corn Main have not been able to get a foothold in California because there's so many independents. Right. And these independents all know each other and they all low-key work together. Right. And, and they make it really tough for manufacturers to come and leverage them. Yeah. So what I try to do is provide them a opportunity to get into that pipeline, that distribution pipeline. A lot of the district, a lot of the manufacturers will say, we'll just sell direct. Right. Well, that's, that's, that's one way to do it, but you know, now you have to sell against your competitor and against your competitor's distribution. So when I got into the business, I had to, I had to sell the, the products twice. I had to sell the manufacturer into believing and trusting a distributor. And I had to sell the distributor into believing and trusting the manufacturer. And I was the, I was the one guy in the middle because a lot of these guys didn't want to do that. And so when I started, I said, I wanted to make allies, not enemies. So I could have came out and said, here's my package. I'm selling direct. I don't care. It's, you know, ACM or nothing. But I decided that strategically we needed to pick distribution partners in certain areas that were going to help us. Yeah. And, um, we may have to give up a little, but ultimately we're going to get the volume that's necessary to succeed. Yeah. Is your revenue strictly from a consultant standpoint or do you, uh, is there anything with the, the products as well? Yeah, I get paid, um, a couple different ways Yeah, from a consulting standpoint. Some, some districts will bring me on to do a couple months consulting on certain areas. Um, I've worked with manufacturers who weren't quite ready but didn't have product ready to sell and, 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 and kind of develop the, it. Yeah. yeah, the development. Um, I get paid off commission on products. So on that too. Yeah. I mean, are you going back to kind of what you started with at the beginning there as far as, or when you first start, answered that question, as far as, you know, bringing you on for a couple of months, what is your, what does your process look like? Is it just kind of a one-time, Hey, let's assess your situation. Here's a solution and move on. Or is it a, an ongoing kind of monitoring you know, changing things as, as things change. Uh, it's, it, I feel like it's, it's a moving target. Yeah. I mean, I have a process of, you know, research when I research the product and I research where they're selling and I research who they're selling to, um, the pros and cons who sold it. Um, you know, I just picked up a new product line, uh, two weeks ago. And so my process is I'm going to go get with that old rep. You know, we had a rep retire the line and just kind of pick up where she left off. Um, but in this industry, people are always changing, you know, um, in the cities and the municipalities, they're always moving around. So my contact X, you know, at city of San Diego, that might not be the contact next year. So we're, you always got to follow up and we always got to make sure we stay on top of people. Yeah. Well, it's, it's probably a little bit more fluid too, because you're in a situation where, you know, there isn't a lot of history, uh, as far as, you know, doing what you do in, in your business model. Right. I mean, when somebody goes out there to, uh, you know, build a house or, or, you know, uh, frame a wall like that, that's been around forever. Right. But I feel like what you're doing and especially with the mandates changing and, and the regulation and legislation changing, you know, what you're doing is pretty unique. So it's kind of a, you know, kind of fly by the seat of your pants business model, right? As far as, uh, you know, how you're interacting with your customers and how you're staying in touch with them and kind of how, how you're working for them is, is on a, it's pretty fluid. I would have to imagine. Yeah. So I think one thing that, you know, working for the big companies is they, they taught me how to be successful, right? They gave us a blueprint of how to write a specification. Right. So for instance, city of Anaheim, if I want to get a product into the engineering specification for city of Anaheim, well, there's a, there's a protocol that you have to follow in order to do that. And so I already knew that protocol. 
And yeah. so it was, just, and I've already done that for other companies and I did that very successfully. So it was just a matter of taking, you know, cause when I first started the four, the four manufacturers that I had were market entry manufacturers. They didn't sell, they sold $0. And so it was, can I take something from zero and make it not zero? Right. You know? Yes. And, you know, so, but I knew the process. So I'll take hydrant guard, for instance. Let's go to the engineering department at, at Anaheim. Let's get a test. Let's get some installs. Um, you know, let's get some units sold. Let's get distribution set up. So now when Anaheim puts it in the spec, every time a fire hydrant goes in, they have to put in a hydrant guard. So that's the process. And that takes six months to 18 months. Yeah, I didn't know. So, yeah. I didn't Especially know. Especially with municipalities, right? I mean, that, none of that stuff moves fast. No. And, but once it's in, it's in. Right. 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 And so that's the, res the residual rewards from that are what's attractive, not necessarily um, all the front end work that we go into. But once it's in, you know, city of Anaheim has two fire hydrants in their spec. So only yep. two people are getting it. Right? right. So that's the goal is to get our products specified. That way, when contractors and builders and developers go to build those tracks, they have to use the products that are on that right. approved material list. Yeah. And I think you touched on it a little bit, but maybe kind of get into it a little bit deeper. But it sounds like you might have a, a, an opportunity to kind of work with the manufacturers, right? Um, not just the municipalities and in, in as far as with the on the legislation side, but there, there might, as you kind of grow and as your network gets a little bit bigger, I would imagine that the distributors might be and these manufacturers might be coming to you and saying, Hey, Jesse, how do we, how do we get in? How do we do this? How do we, how do we, you know, become a solution for, for some of these municipalities? Is that, are you seeing that kind of happen? Oh yeah. Ab yeah, absolutely. And that's, you, you touched on my mentor earlier and, um, you know, I used to call him up and say, you know, what do I do when distributors call me up and they say they want this and they want that? And his response was, don't call distributors, you know, like let them call you. People are going to start calling you. And yep. it's more so like, do you know somebody at the city of Anaheim that will, that can help me get this in? I said, yeah, I, I sure do. Let's talk about it. You right. know? Yep. So that, that's the value is, um, being able to know who, cause that's, there's a whole lot of, um, of, of people that think they know, but then they get out here and they, they really don't understand, you know, yeah. there's 130 water districts in Southern California. That's from Bakersfield South. Right. And there might as well be 130 different specifications that are written. Right. You know, we got blue hydrants. We got green hydrants. We got stainless steel stems. We got bronze stems. We got all kinds of different variables and everybody wants to be different. But if you know the person and you know the guy and you know how to get it done, then that saves time and energy and money and, you know, all that stuff. Right, so right. that's, that's the value I believe is, is yeah, I was going to say, you're kind of their, their gateway to a, a fast track into a, into a big network, right? If, if they're playing their cards, right. And if they're smart, I hope so. I mean, <laughs> like, that's, that's the pitch. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's, it was interesting because. Say a company um, like HydroGuard, they're a good example because we went from $0 in 2019 to uh, close to $850,000 in sales, wow. right? And when I met with them, they really didn't understand the market as far as distribution was concerned and as far as our product was only wet barrel specific. Now, wet barrel fire hydrants, are you, are you familiar with the wet barrel fire hydrant, Mike? I would assume that the water's into the into the, the fire, fire hydrant, you know, 100% like hot and ready to go. Is that kind of? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so nationally, um, nationally, there's dry barrels are sold. So wet barrels are specific to fair weather climates like California and Hawaii. Right. We'd have to worry about so freezing the expansion and all that kind of stuff. That. Yeah. 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 So when I got with HydroGuard, they were like, we're going to sell nationally. We're going to sell internationally. And so I said, well, wait, wait a minute. We got to pump the brakes. We need to work on California first, Hawaii first, 
you know, that's where wet barrels are at. Well, you know, wet barrels aren't in Florida or Texas. No, those are all dry barrels. And that was experience that I gained just based on being at Clop. Right. Right. right? So it was, it was helping them steer the ship into the right direction. And then, you know, you see the aha moment where they're like, oh my God, we didn't even know that. Right. And then, oh, well, how many, you know, bolt hole patterns are we selling? Well, we're selling six hole. Well, there's eight hole. There's six hole San Diego drill. There's six (laughs) by eight hole. You know, it's just crazy, right? Like you feel like it'd be pretty universal, but yeah, everybody's got to have their own way. We would all wish that, right? Right. Be too easy that way. So that's like, so year one, we had our six hole device and year two, we implemented the six by eight and the eight hole device. So they went back to the drawing board and created a completely different device. And they says, okay, well, we need to get it tested. Oh, well, we will test it. No, no, no. We have to get it independent third party test. Right. Right. So like, it's just these little avenues that I'm aware of and that are intangible, really. Like I can't put a value on it. Right. It's just like, listen, for me to sell, this is going to be the, the easiest way to do it. And let's knock out all these dominoes. Because at some point, if we go to the large district like Los Angeles Department of Water and Power, they're going to ask for independent testing. They're going to ask for, you know, right. variables. Yeah. So it, it's been, been a really good, really gratifying ride uh, from that perspective. Yeah, it's cool to be, be able to bring that value. I'm sure that's it's it's fun to especially from both sides, right? From the distributor or manufacturer, and also the the uh, for the municipalities and, and the uh, the legislation as well. But where are, do you see yourself? I guess is there enough work or enough? Uh, yeah, I guess work or, or you know enough to keep you busy in in the Southern California district? Or do you see you kind of yourself? expanding beyond that once you've kind of got a grasp on on the southern california area or where do you see where do you see yourself going with that yeah absolutely so what i did is i wanted to to create a business in southern california because you know i have two young children two boys that are nine and and six and i was missing a lot you know i was gone on monday and came back on thursday so i felt like okay i'm just going to start this backyard business i'm going to sell to my best accounts and I'll be all right. So what I started doing is when I looked at these manufacturing companies and people started reaching out, Florida or Michigan or Oklahoma, what I realized is that these states have almost identical mandates to, to California. Matter of fact, state of Oklahoma has implemented the same type of mandate for Senate Bill 555 in Oklahoma since 2014. So they're even above wow. the end of California. Yeah, and yeah. You know, and... So the, the future of water, in my, in my opinion, is stormwater management and leak detection. And so when I, I started looking at that, there's, there's absolutely an opportunity to expand those lines in other areas. And I began, I began to do that, Florida, yeah. Michigan, and Oklahoma specifically. So, yeah, I so think that's imagine, yeah, there's probably, I mean, the bigger you go, you, you can't do it all yourself, right? What is, what is the future from a, from an employee and a, and a team standpoint look like? I, I got to imagine you get pretty close to, to needing some help, right? Oh I, yeah. So my, what I wanted to do is just sell, 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 right. you know, get, get things going. Um, but yeah, I have plans. I want to bring on some salespeople. I want to bring on some engineers. Um, I want people to be able to focus on specific types of products. You know, with six different products that are kind of a little bit different, I'd like for people to be more specific, pro- more product specific. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want definitely want to bring on some people. I think that you know that's the reason why I named it Advanced Conservation Management is because I wanted it to be somewhat vague, and <laughs> um, because a lot of things can fit under the package. If I started Jesse right. Valve Company, right. and all I could sell is valves, right? right. So what I'm finding is that there's a lot of opportunities in a lot of different areas, um, for, for growth, for sure. And I think what's awesome is that it's, it's, it's something that I could be proud of. And we, I touched on that earlier where I was, I didn't have a whole lot of pride, you know, selling fire hydrants for whatever reason. It just, wasn't sexy when I like tell yeah. people, hey. yeah. and, uh, 
but you know, I, I have a product that's, um, a trash capture device. So Los Angeles wants to be zero trash in their stormwater systems by 2032. And they were selling these catch basin inserts that have bacteria killing filters. Um, so when, when it rains and stormwater piles up into these catch basins, it captures and collects all the trash that would otherwise go directly into the ocean. People yeah. think, uh, catch basins are filtered and they are to a degree, but not nearly what we need them to be. So for me, yeah. I look at one of these trash capture devices after it rains, you see cigarette butts and red cups and, you know, God knows who, what's in there. But that gives me a little bit of pride to say that we're, we're preventing that stuff from going into the ocean, you yeah. know? So that's, that's what I feel like the future is in this business for any of those guys that are out there, that are just kind of, you know, kicking the rocks around saying, man, this job is just ho-hum. You know, I feel like millennials are going to get behind that. Conservation is big. I, there's, there's plenty of opportunity for growth. Yeah. Um, a lot of people want to be connected to a, to a purpose or a mission right now. Right. Rather than just, uh, you know, a job that, that is nine to five and pays them and puts food on the table. They, they kind of want to be, uh, and, and people want to support those kind of things too. Right. So, I mean, if you've got two different t-shirt companies and one of them gives back, you know, I feel like a lot of people are willing to pay a little bit more to that for that give back because they want that, that sense of, uh, you know, kind of helping out and, and that purpose and that mission. So I think you're kind of right in line right now with, with society and, and where they're at as far as being able to grow and, and I also honestly re retain and, and attract talent too. I think that you're going to have a pretty, when you, when you start really looking, I think you're going to have a pretty, uh, be pretty successful in bringing those kind of people on for sure. Well, thank you. I, I hope so. Have you, uh, yeah. Have you put any pen to paper, any thought to, because again, I mean, going back to what your biggest value is, is, is that knowledge, right. And that, and that information. And, and that's for you, that's all here. Right. So bringing people on your biggest challenge, my assumption is going to be kind of transferring that to people as they come on. So have you, have you given any thought or any, any pen to paper on how, what that process is going to look like for you, uh, when you start bringing people on? Um, I haven't, you know, I have a, what's funny is I already have the guys that I, I feel like will work best in right. mind. Yep. And I kind of, when I see him, I kind of give him a little elbow, like, Hey man, you know, <laughs> a year or so. Yep. But I think yep. ultimately, you know, the biggest goal of, of a business owner is replacing themselves. Right. That's every, yep. every business owner has that challenge. And I think that I bring a, uh, a more, uh, a different type of energy, right. than corporate America. And I think we, we can see that people aren't attracted to the same things anymore. Like you hit on, you know, purpose. So, you know, our, our, our tagline is products with purpose, you know, and that's ultimately what I, what I was lacking. I didn't have a purpose. I didn't feel like I was working towards something. And when I would go to the company and say, Hey, I'm not asking for a raise for a raise. I'm asking, how do I earn this? Right. Okay. What, let's put five steps together to see how I can get closer to that. And I think just being willing, right? Just being open and willing to listen to your employees, not just listen to them, but really take it in what it is that motivates them. You know, um, another saying I have is, a, is recognition is just as good as compensation, right? Yeah. And people want to be recognized. They want to yeah. feel like their work is valuable and that Especially they did in 2021, right? I mean, that's the, that's the mentality of the workforce right now. That's the mentality. And yeah. so not to say I want to cater to that, but I feel, I felt like that's what I needed. And so I'm going to be more understanding to that. Yeah. And whenever somebody says, um, comes to me and says, uh, you know, how much am I worth or what is my, what I usually say is, what do you want? You know, what is, it, what is it you want? Because if I throw something at you, you may think it's disrespectful. You may think it's something that's just, you know, tell me what you want and then let's work to, to get it. Because yeah. if I can get you what you want, I feel like that's going to create loyalty. And yeah, for sure, you know, uh, but as far as like, I mean, I have like this thought of the perfect person in my, in my head of an engineer, you know, and I have this thought of the perfect salesperson, but I think. Ultimately, I'm a sales guy 
And if I sell, everything else will work itself out. Yeah. You know. Well, it sounds like you got all the places or the, the pieces kind of in, in set and, and ready to kind of blow up a little bit. So I think it'd be fun for sure to, to kind of watch the future. Where do, where do you see yourself in a couple of years and, and what is the, what does that vision look like, uh, for what ACM is in a couple of years? That's a good question. Um, I definitely see us expanding. I definitely see us, um, you know, my first goal is to, to duplicate it in Northern California. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if I could protect my backyard first and then, you know, California, there's just so much work and opportunity here anyways, you know, but I've had like fraternity brothers reach out. I've had, you know, guys that I've worked with, you know, guys that still work for former employers reaching out. Um, but I definitely see us expanding and I see, yeah. I see us bringing on new lines. I want to be the guy that has the cool stuff first. Right. And it's kind of a, California is kind of a proof of concept, right? I mean, I feel like if, if you're able to prove that you can be successful and be, uh, kind of create change in that, that water conservation and, and, and leak detection in a, in an area like California that is so, you know, I mean, lately in the last five, six years, so drought, right. And that's, that's such a big, uh, issue right now in the state. I feel like if you can prove your worth here in California, it almost kind of creates uh, value in, in other states, right? Like if, if we can be successful in California, imagine what we could do for you in other states where, you know, you're not having as big of an issue that, that, that California is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, these mandates, they usually start on their coast and right. work their way in. Right. And, um, you know, Los Angeles, the LADWP and East Bay, uh, mud up in, in Oakland, those are the two largest water districts, you know, nationally. Yeah. And a lot of districts look to them and see what they're doing. Um, and those, those decisions have a ripple effect. So, um, I try not to get too far ahead of myself. <clears throat> so that's kind of what's worked for me. Um, it's just tr stay focused. Uh, but I do have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and it has to do a lot with saving water and being able to quantify that yeah. and, and then go to the state and say, Hey, this is what we've done here. You know, we could duplicate this in other areas. And if I can say, Hey, I saved city of San Diego, you know, a thousand, uh, acre feet of water a year, you know, whatever that number is, whatever those gallons right. are, you know, that, that carries a lot of weight you know, with, with minimal work, you yeah. know? So and I have to imagine it's probably, it's probably got to, it probably takes some quite a bit of self-discipline, like you said, to kind of stay small and stay focused when you have something that, that could be such a solution for, you know, the entire state, the entire country, like, you know, worldwide, like it's almost like you have this thing that everybody can use, but you can't sell it to everybody, right? There's, you got to kind of start and, and stay focused. So I, I commend you for that. Cause that, I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I know for a fact, like I'm, I'm too big of a, Hey, let's, let's blast it. Let's get it out there. Let's do it all. But, um, yeah, it's tough to, to kind of have that discipline to stay focused. And, and like you said, kind of make those growth steps incrementally. I wanted to stay organic. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned real quickly from a sales perspective, I can only sell as much as the manufacturer can make, right? So yeah. we've had a little bit of that with Hydrant Guard. Yeah. We, had, we had a client that said, we wanna buy 8,000 units. Now, Mike, I can retire off of 1,000 units. Now, 8,000 <laughs> units, that was mind boggling. I had never right. heard that before. Right. But the reality is Hydrant Guard isn't ready to make 8,000 units, Yeah. You know? So yep. it's one of those things where like, okay, let's have our milestones and we have our, our weekly calls and it's really great. You know, 500 units, thousand, let's make, keep it simple. Thousand units, 1500 units. Right. Yep. So we're to the point though, where hydrant guard understands where we're at and where we can be. And so they did, they've decided to reinvest in yep. buying machines and get us to that point. You know, if I took that order. There'd be no way we could drowning, yeah. 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 So or if or if I took that order, we would not be able to sell to anybody else. Right. 
So it's just one of those um, things where we have to come together. And I always rely on the team. That's, that's, that's the best thing for me. We have the ownership, we have the production and we have sales and it's, you know, uh, we, we bounce ideas off each other. Where should we go? What should we do? Um, but it's, it's one of those things. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it is. It is difficult. Very, very difficult to stay focused because I'm like you, I want to throw that wide net too. And you know, I want to get any and every right now I'm, you know, I'm eating what I kill. Yeah. So I want to, I use a lot of fishing analogies. You know, I want that whale, right? You know, but it's been good for me too to kind of continue to stay focused and not get distracted by the bells and whistles that the world throws at you and (laughs) uh, the bright lights and, um, and, you know, like I had an opportunity for another company and right now I have six. If I brought on seven product lines, that's a lot. That might be getting too big, you know? So I'm not ready for that yet. So what's cool is our industry is very top heavy. And I say that in the sense where there's several individuals that have been in the industry for 30 plus years, which I think is hats off. And and that says a lot about the industry that we're in. But we're having a problem getting younger people in. And I'm talking about waterworks specifically. Right, right. And underground waterwork. (laughs) And um, we're having a hard time getting some of these younger guys into the industry. Um, And we have a bunch of these 10 to 20 year guys that are all going to move up because everybody else is going to be moving out. And so I have these, um, what we call pioneering lines, you know, you got to pioneer your way into the market, but if I can hang on long enough, then some of the bigger lines are going to come to me. Um, especially as some of these older guys retire. So who knows what the, what the possibility is. Um, I just know it's it's, Yeah, it's just a lot better than knowing yeah. that this is this is all you're gonna get. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So kind of seeing down that down that tunnel, through that tunnel yeah. for sure. You uh, going back to kind of, you know, your value being, you know, your knowledge and being able to kind of convey that and, and help people out. I have I mean, what's the what's your process like aside from, you know, utilizing your network that you've you know, obviously, you know, spent years kind of developing and growing. Are there things you're doing to kind of get your name out there or to, to get your, you know, message out there and, and what you guys do and, and, and how you do it? My strategy was to um, take Hydrant Guard, which is the product that I feel like has the most potential. Yeah. And I felt like if I can make this one product pop and hydro guard takes probably about 75% of my time. Yeah. And, um, because I sold a competing product and I sold a bunch of units of that competing product and it was an inferior product by far. I mean, hydro guard stainless steel, uh, it's two and a half inches tall versus a ductile iron device. That's 20 inches tall, you know? So there was a lot of value I saw in that. So my, my strategy was if I can get out and make this one brand pop, then I can do it with all the other brands as well. And as, as if, as this brand grows, then my brand will grow. You know, I can go out there, um, promoting ACM, this, that, and the third, but I didn't think that that there was a whole lot of value there because I really haven't done anything yet. Right. So if I can get hydrant guard to become a somewhat household name within our industry, then it's on to the next thing. Then I can come back with it. You know, I have yeah. instant credibility. So now I can come back with the Fabco products or the Orvis products or whatever. Yeah. So, so kind of leading in with that, that product that is kind of changing the industry and then, and then, you know, kind of introducing yourself as ACM, like, Hey, you know, I'm representing this product, but I am ACM and, and we've got all these other things and kind of, kind of rounding out things from there. Is that kind of how you, you're, you're set up now? Yeah. Or are you, how you see so, it working? Yeah. So hydrant guard is a type of product that will get me in the door. Right. You know, um, and especially during COVID, I mean, I was getting kicked out of districts. (laughs) (laughs) It was very, very challenging because a lot of what I do is the contact hour, the consulting, I sit in the classroom with 40 guys. I do an hour and a half presentation and we have lunch, you know what I mean? And I just, I get this 
explain to them all the products. So without doing that, it's, it's very difficult to yeah. let them know what else I do. So we had to do the whole social media thing and, um, you know, the Instagram thing. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, cause that wasn't something that I really, uh, relied on prior to this, you know, I, I did it, you know, just kind of, yeah, from a personal perspective, you know, just right. looking at it, but like, I didn't think I was going to be able to sell HydroGuard on Instagram and <laughs> lo and behold, I'm selling units on Instagram. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. So, and it was also about like being creative, you know, there's, there's, you know, you see it, you see a distribution manager, then you see the engineer, then you see the manager, then you see the installers, right? Like this is the, this, the process. Well, three of those steps are now eliminated. Now, what are you going to do? Right? Well, I'm going to stock them on Instagram <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. or I'm going to yeah. get them in LinkedIn or like yeah. there was several times where we had to really think outside the box and figure out how we're going to get this product in front of the customer. Um, which I thought was great because it was kind of like, um, uh, everybody had the same challenge. Right. Yeah. You know? They kind of, um, kind of forcing you to, 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 to use a, a product or an avenue or, or a vessel that you've, you know, not been familiar with or not been comfortable with. Right. And kind of forcing you to kind of expand your boundaries a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, Jesse, it's been awesome. I appreciate the time. I think uh what you're doing is great and i and i can't wait to to watch where you where you're headed because i think uh you know there's there's big things in the future for sure for you and i, I think it'll be uh it'll be fun to kind of kind of watch as you as you grow but before we kind of uh get off this let's let everybody know where to find you where to get in how to get in touch with you or in, in any uh kind of uh maybe if you got social media whatever it is how they can how they can find you yeah um Thank you for that, Mike. I appreciate it. I appreciate the time. Um, appreciate you having me. Um, you can you can find me at um, on Instagram, advanced underscore cm. That's advanced, a v a n c e d underscore cm. Cat Mary um, at Instagram. You can find me at Jesse Anderson on LinkedIn. Um, those are the two biggest platforms for me that are moving right now. Um, and you could find me, uh, uh, info at HydroGuard as well. Go to the HydroGuard website. Um, I have a website, advancedcminc.com. You can sign up for contact hour training. You can look at the products. Everything has links. Um, one thing I'm doing is I'm working on YouTube, uh, videos to have those, each product promoted individually on, on a YouTube yeah. link. So that's, that's something we're working on here in the winter. Very cool, man. Well, it's been awesome. I appreciate it, Jesse. Have a great day. Stay in touch and uh, look forward to see where you're headed. I'll do that, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate thanks, your Jesse. time. Appreciate you, man. All right. Have a good one. You too. Hey, thanks for listening. If you had a good time, be sure to hit that subscribe button to get all the latest episodes. And if you had a really good time, leave a review to let us know what you thought. Until then, go gather some crazy stories on your job sites, and we'll see you next time on So You Want to Be a Contractor. Contractor.